Dan's man. <laughs> what yeah, up? Man. What up? Silver Screen Breakdowns. We are back. Hustle, hustle. Heck yeah. I'm Alex. We got Nelson in the house. Mm-hmm. Our homie Scott will be in here real soon. Yeah. And man, we got we got one of the greatest movies. I feel like I I mean it's gotta be one of the greatest movies of all time. We're talking true romance and multiple people. We were talking about it earlier on the stream, just hyping up the show for tonight. Multiple people coming in and saying this is their number one of all time. Uh-huh. It was mine for a while. Um, I think I mentioned it to you that, uh, or did I do it on the videos? I'm not sure, but um, that that fight was a fight of the decade. Oh, yeah. At that yeah. time when that came out. It was only 93, though, so you had another seven years to see fights, right? But, yeah. Um, but that was epic in that hotel room there. Definitely. I mean, and really, I mean, we get three crazy scenes in there. I mean, we get the Clarence and Drexel one wild, wild fight scene and shootout scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, and then, yeah, freaking uh, Tony Soprano <laughs> and Patricia Arquette, super wild. And then, I mean, man, I mean, the shootout between everybody all the way at the end. I mean, just everything about all of this. Just scream Tarantino through and through. <laughs> totally. I watched that shootout like, I don't know, three times or something. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, shout, shout out everyone in the chat real quick before we uh, move any yeah, farther. Mr. So Banks we, a lot. There we go. Said, so guess we're a little early. Not too early. Not too early. And Yakumania says, get the popcorn ready. Yeah, we got a couple <laughs> scenes that we're going to be going through. And uh, Nelson was on location in a handful of places, mm-hmm. too. Surprise, I'm excited to surprise. show these off. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, Bakeslot says, still hasn't gotten a chance to watch. So there's a few people we start talking about the movie and they never heard of it before. Really? And- you know what, too, you know, the title is also deceiving. When I first heard it when it came out, you know, True Romance, just some romantic yeah. movie. Ah, I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. But it's totally different from what I thought. I was late to this one. I, I only saw it maybe 10, 12 years ago, I think, 2010 was when I first saw it. So, I mean, damn near 20 years after it came out and still holds the test of time. That's for sure. Still seem relevant. Hell yeah. Shout out to Minnesota Marty. What up? Yeah, I called my brother. He's busy watching a flick right now. The other Marty. Yeah, Canada Marty. Marty. And Raphael in the house said about to get off work and 30 mile drive will join us for that. We'll keep you company. <laughs> and My Peacock is on and kicking. What well, up, Peacock? He said Patricia Arquette was everything in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I remember her older sister, Susanna, before. Yeah. No, not Susanna. No, Rosanna. Okay. Because it was Rosanna, Rosanna. Remember that song by Toto? Uh-uh. Nope. No? Yeah, well, 80s going back before your time. <laughs> and um, I, apparently the song was about her. Okay. Heard, yeah. What up, Emil? I said, greetings from Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, my old stomping ground. Yeah, man. There we go. So before we get into too much of the movie, I mean, let's just uh, let's just shout out some of the credits. I mean, written by Quentin Tarantino. It's really insane that he had to sell this movie, you know, to be able to get some change in his pocket to be able to finally direct Reservoir Dogs because he wanted to direct this, but nobody's given him the shot as a first-time director. And so Tony Scott ends up directing and I guess I didn't even realize how many good movies Tony Scott's been a part of. Cause he was a part of top gun, Beverly Hills cop two days of thunder, 
Last Boy Scout. I mean, True Romance, obviously. Enemy of the State, Man on Fire, Deja Vu. So a lot of good movies under his belt. Yeah, all action, right? Yeah, for sure. All action. Yep. And then starring Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, uh, the what the romance is all about. Dennis Hopper, him and Christopher walking with the epic scene. I've got that broken down into a few segments. We're going to watch that and break that down later. Val Kilmer, which you never really see his face because he plays the uh, the the Elvis. But what would you say? That's Clarence. Oh, that was that was my question. Who was Val Kilmer? I never saw him. I was looking for. Yeah. I, I, I what, and, and what is he? He's uh kind of like what what would you say he is? He's like Clarence's conscience, Clarence's yeah. alter ego. Yeah, let's say you use those two words interchangeably. Yeah, I'm sure. He's definitely a little bit of a schizo, that's for sure. And he likes Clarence. He said that a couple of times. That's why I like you, Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> Always have. <laughs> Always will. <laughs> And then that Gary Oldman, like, man, what a fucking, what an epic role. And uh, we got the scene with him and Clarence in here. And uh, yeah, just super epic. And then Brad Pitt, like, man, so funny. Brad Pitt's the guy on the couch in this movie. Just the the stoner on the couch. (laughs) He's kind of like a badass in his own mind. But even to like his roommate, fucking, um, what the hell's his name? Why am I spacing on uh, on his name, Michael something. What the Michael Rappaport? Michael Rappaport. Yeah, he was good ra- too. He's Rappaport's roommate, but he's kind of like a bat. Like he's kind of like um like Smokey and Friday when he's like, yeah, Debo comes around, I'll shut the fuck up. But when he leaves, I'll be talking again. <laughs> <laughs> Every time someone leaves, he like starts talking shit. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> you don't disrespect me like that, man. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that so was funny, funny. but, but crazy characters. We're reading off, I'm I'm reading off the cast, you know, just to people who've never heard of it. And they're like, wow, how have I never heard of this? And that's probably why. I mean, the title probably throws a lot of people off. Yeah, I thought I thought Mark was it Mark Madsen? Is that the guy he was from Reservoir Dogs and stuff? Michael? I thought he was in this too, but he wasn't. Yeah, Michael Madsen. No, not in this one. No. But yeah, this was, uh, I mean, this really kicks off, I mean, just everything of what Quentin Tarantino does. I'm glad some of the things got changed around. Like in Quentin's original script, they did it non-linear. So kind of like how they did in Pulp Fiction where they're jumping all over the place. I'm glad they changed it because he needed to be the one to like introduce that style, not someone else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so really, I mean, let's just jump into it. When we get into the beginning of the movie, it's really just a scene of, I mean, Clarence is Quentin Tarantino, right? I feel like that, like Quentin Tarantino is Clarence. Pretty much. Yeah. Elvis freak. Um, I I didn't know that about Quentin. (laughs) He loves Elvis. I mean, he even, uh, he was an Elvis impersonator on the golden girls and his royalties from that is what all amongst the movie of the money from selling this movie and natural born killers. But that was what kind of funded reservoir dogs getting made was him being an Elvis impersonator on the golden girls. So he, okay. So he was on that show as like one or two episodes as an Elvis. I think it was just one. And um, it's an episode where there's like, I don't even know how it looks like they're in their living room or something. And then there's like 20 different Elvis impersonators and they're all, I don't know, just doing like the weird dances and the weird motions and everything that Elvis is doing. And Quentin he made a bunch of money of from that, huh? Yeah, well, I think it was like 20000 or something like that. And that 
I mean, it funded yeah, a third. A he, needed six, he needed 60000 I think they said, for him to film Reservoir Dogs. And uh, so that was like a third of the money um, was from that little cameo. Wow. It's a good chunk of change back then, even now. Yeah, on. for sure. That that syndicated <laughs> TV money is just uh, not like I watched that show a few times. The Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I saw it, it in a there. Quentin Tarantino documentary where they talk about that because I don't. I mean, yeah, I maybe seen a couple episodes of Golden Girls. Yeah, you just kind of bump into it by accident. What's this? What's this show? Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You get roped in, and the next thing you know, thirty minutes has gone by. Yep. <laughs> And so, yeah, he's talking to, uh, I mean, we don't even know who he's talking to. Some uh, some chick in the bar. We, we don't know that it's his birthday, but pretty much, I mean, what I gather is uh, he's an Elvis freak and chicks don't really dig him too much. That's really what I got from the intro into Clarence. Yeah, he worked at that uh, bar, didn't he? I don't think, I don't know if he worked at the bar. I mean, he was just sitting at the oh, bar. Oh, he was just sitting there because I know he worked at the comic store, but. Yeah. I think he was he was just trying to hit on the chick who was next to him and trying to get a date for his birthday. We didn't know it was his birthday during uh, that yeah, scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll find that out later. But not not too much of a ladies man is like one of the first things that I gather. And then then they do all the credits and all that and then you hear Alabama talking and uh <clears throat> one thing that I do kind of like is how the Tarantino worlds, how they how they all mesh. I don't know if you remember, but from Reservoir Dogs, I wish I grabbed the little scene where uh, where Harvey Keitel comes in, talks to the big boss man, and he was like, hey, how's Alabama? Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he was like, Alabama? Oh. I haven't seen her in two or three years. <laughs> so he so, means her Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they do that. I don't know. Um. I, you know, I saw Reservoir Dogs, but I saw it so long ago. I don't remember that. Did you, did you watch it recently? Not recently, but I mean, that's just one of those. I, I've seen it so many times and the, a lot of the references that he's made in a lot of these different oh. movies, all the Easter eggs that people have pointed out on YouTube videos and stuff. That's yeah, one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, you, know, he, you know, he might have been having trouble, you know, getting the ladies, but he, uh, he got Alabama pretty quick. And uh, Marty said, right what time, if Reservoir man. Dogs failed? I mean, it was such a good script, though. I mean, he brings it, like, you know, they get it to Harvey Keitel. And, uh, I mean, a guy like him, who's just that immersed in Hollywood, he started getting a bunch of people, like, on board. And, I mean, there's not really too many movies that are like it. He was, like, the set in the stage of uh, him being, I mean, one of the greatest directors of all time, if not the greatest. Yeah, man. He uh he's got his own, definitely has his own style that's unmatched. Yeah. Not mirrored. Yeah. Anyway, yet. And Bogard, what up? He said it's like the red apple cigarettes. Yep. I mean, pretty much in everything, even back from the hateful eight, and they're smoking like red apple cigarette cigarettes back in the eighteen hundreds. The recurring and connect all the Tarantino flicks. Yeah, a lot of cool instances in uh, in the Tarantino movies. And uh, I guess what's crazy about this movie, it probably takes place over the course of a week or maybe like four or five days. They don't really do too much through it. It, it jumps from scene to scene, but the movie just kind of, it takes off really quick. I mean, goes from him talking to, you know, trying to pick up the lady to, uh, I mean, he said he was getting ready to go to the movies. So it goes to the movies and 
three movies back to back. So I don't know how long these Kung Fu movies are. I'm assuming an hour and a half. They're like exactly a- an hour and a half. I think they're 89 minutes. <laughs> so that's a commitment right there. You got to commit yeah. to four and a half, five hours of sitting through there. And uh, you see he's alone, but then Alabama comes in there and spills the popcorn all over him. Yeah, spills the popcorn all over him. And then they get all, you know, cutesy. And the next thing you know, takes her back. And then they're married. <laughs> Boom. It's Just a one, like two, that. three. He's the, he's the opposite of a ladies' man. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> one of the lines that I like in Ferris Bueller is I feel sorry for Cameron because he's going to marry the first woman he lays. And I uh, kind of felt that about, uh, about Clarence. You know, I mean, been a little while since he had some, uh, since he had a little nookie and then he had to lock her down right away and everything. I don't guys like that in real life, man. And I <laughs> not me to too. me, but. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Nelson, and Nelson was on location. So check this out. We do yes, got uh, some footage of the movie theater. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and check this out. Okay, everybody. I just walked 2,300 steps, which is 1.3 miles to the Vista movie theater. Now, this is where uh, they shot the Kung Fu movie theater night, let's say, where Clarence goes to watch the Kung Fu movie, and Alabama spills all that popcorn off. Oh, look what happened. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, so that's the scene here. Then they end up walking out in front, and they do the scene here. Let me zoom in. Actually, let me get the, uh, the streets so we can see that at Sunset Boulevard here, which goes down to the left there. Where this uh, lady's walking, and that hits uh, Hollywood Boulevard, goes straight up into there. And then to the farther right, you know, directly going north, it would be um, Hillhurst Avenue. So I'm gonna walk in closer to the front of the Vista here. Like a super cool store. I guess they sell ice cream or something there, it looks like. Um, okay, so. <laughs> So we got a porta potty where she does the um, the kung fu kick, and when she she walks out of the theater. She goes, "Yeah!" She's right into the movie. She's all jacked and hyped. Two caps, three kung fu movies. Sure, why not? Nothing, nothing. Sure, girl left my own heart. That's all. Do you know what time it is? Twelve. Suppose you gotta get up early, huh? No, not particularly. How come? It's just after I see a movie, I like to go get a piece of pie and talk about it. It's sort of a little tradition I have. Do you like to get pie after you see a good movie? Yeah, I love to get pie after a movie. Would you like to go get some pie with me? <laughs> I love some pie. With Ashley, so she Alabama comes walking out of there with Clarence, and where she does that kick is right there where the porta potty is. <laughs> and he's a little too uh, well, he's to the left of her, so here's the front of the box office. There you go, and that's it movie theater night, true romance. That Hollywood magic, man. That uh, that movie theater looks pristine at night. I know it was some years ago, but 
It was fascinating every time you go on a location like that when you see it. It looks so different on the film, you know. It looks bigger usually on the film. You go there, oh, it's a little area yeah. that they shot and the colors, everything's a little different. Yeah. There's a part there, it, um, you didn't play it. Maybe you had to go back a little further where she says, comes out, she says uh, something about, oh, that's cool or super cool. And then that place right beside his name, super cool. Okay. That, that, some ice cream place there. Uh huh. So it's just a coincidence. But it was back a couple more seconds. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> but that was there. But uh, I was hoping that was going to be in there. But I just know that from before, from playing it. And Marty said, nice edit. Yeah, super cool how we get to see. I mean, literally like the before and the after. I mean, what was that now? About 30 years ago that the movie came out. And uh, he said that they're doing a whole bunch of renovations on, the, on that place. Yeah, yeah. So it's not even open. It has been open for a while. But I've caught a, a few movies in there. Nice. And speaking of box office, while we're on the movie theater subject, so the budget of True Romance, $12.5 million, and then in the box office, $12.6 million. So not losing money? is that, that That's always a thumbs up, right, in Hollywood's eyes? Yeah, they made $100,000 on that, on those <laughs> figures, right? Yeah, at least in the box office, I mean. Yeah, I mean, obviously made more, but. Yeah. Because that's really all they're trying to do, right? I mean, uh, just a lot of times, make sure that you don't lose money. Because there's a lot of money and other things, right? The distribution of it and all types oh, of yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Of course, office. now it's like Netflix and all that stuff. Yeah. So then, so they got all kinds of money coming in after. So the box office was more, uh, per, it was more uh, significant in the 70s, 80s, probably 90s too. Mm-hmm. In the last 20 years, you know, a lot of movies are making it on the back end now. So, yeah, for sure. So she paid him full. Paid him full is going strong. Heck yeah. <laughs> 20 years later. Heck yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's always randomly on Netflix. So I don't know how that works out. How like I, I would I mean, do you know how that works with the movies? Is it Netflix? I mean, they're pretty much like renting the movie for a certain amount of time and they leave it on there. or They're buying the right. Yeah, something like that. All I know is that I, I still get paid from that and from other stuff I do, mm-hmm. but not like, you know, not like, uh, you know, Tarantino type of money. <laughs> you get paid on that. Golden Girls, but, but you know, the checks just come in randomly because it's be, it's airing on di- in different countries like Italy or somewhere okay. in Africa or Asia and stuff. Awesome. <laughs> I met a, obviously when this this about paying full. I was talking to some uh, chick. I remember one time online and she was like in Asia. <laughs> she knew about paying them full. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's wild. I mean, and the story is just so notorious. I mean, cause I remember seeing it first, um, not seeing the movie first, but seeing uh, what the hell was that, that show called uh, American gangster. Yeah. They did a movie American gangster with Denzel Washington, but BET also yeah. came out with an American gangster like series where they were talking about different, different types of gangsters. And they were, uh, they mentioned those guys on there. They had a whole episode dedicated to them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they're big in the eighties, man. They're big. That's for sure. And uh, we got another spot that you went to. So literally right after the movie scene, I mean, they go to get a piece of pie, like Alabama says that <laughs> what a tradition getting a nice little piece of pie, pie and talking movie? about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, he was looking at it like, I don't, but I guess I'll say I do because, uh, 
and want things to go further than just a piece of pie. Yeah, I, I think he was really confused on the piece of pie, but yeah, he was not turning it down. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. And so Ray, Ray's restaurant, right? And uh, so where? And uh, I, I know you say it a little bit in the uh, in the clip, but where's that at again? Santa Monica. I was just there today, actually, on this miserable day. Santa Monica on Pico. Okay. Pico, twenty nine hundred one Pico. Let's check it out. Ray's restaurant on location. Our man Nelson. It is a cool, rainy day in Santa Monica right now. It's a cool, not cold. You know, guys, I uh, grew up in Canada, so I played football in the snow. So this is nothing, nothing. Okay, this is Ray's restaurant. This is where Clarence and Alabama go and grab pie after the movie. Enough about the king, huh? How about you? How about me what? Tell me, tell me about yourself. What do you want to know? Well, for starters, uh, what do you do? Where are you from? What's your favorite color? Who's your favorite movie star? What kind of uh, music do you like? What do you turn on? Do you turn off? Just the, uh, the big question is, do you have a, do you have a fella? <laughs> okay, ask me again one by one. What do you do? I don't remember. Where are you from? I don't know. What's your favorite color? I don't know. Black? <laughs> well, who's your favorite movie star? Burt Reynolds. Uh, you want you want to buy my pie? Yes, I would. I love one. All right. <laughs> Oop. You all right? That's good. Mm-hmm. You like it? Mm-hmm. So that movie uh, was up in my neighborhood, up in the Los Feliz area, which I walked to from my place. This is in Santa Monica. You know, they supposedly, you know, it's based in Detroit, but they supposedly just went down the street to uh, Ray's restaurant to uh, grab some pie. So they were sitting on the left there in the booth, right there. I take a shot from a wide shot over here. Thank you. You can see where uh, they were sitting on the left there. Uh, the point of view was, um, the point of view was, I guess, this truck's in the way, but the point of view from the camera was uh, from the inside. So when you walk into the front of the uh, restaurant, they were sitting on the left. The point of view of the camera was on the inside, so they appear on the right. So they're open right now. I'm not going in to eat. I'm eight already, so. So that's Ray's restaurant right there. They're sitting, I think, the third booth in. All right, guys. There you have it. Signing out. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't look too different. I mean, uh, of course, everything's going to look nice and shiny for the movie, but. And it was nighttime, too, when they shot at night. Yeah. So it was like a, obviously different texture. Yeah, everything looking real similar, though. Yeah, it was, like I said, it's just, it just seems so much smaller when you're there. It's cool, man. I, I like seeing the before and after. Yeah, for sure. And uh, really, then it just and then it jumps. Then they just fall in love. Like after this, they go watch three movies together. They eat a piece of pie, and uh, yeah, then they just fall in love magically after that. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, it was a good moment when they're um talking about that up on the uh, ledge 
Uh-huh. Yeah. That was downtown. That was the last location I was trying to squeeze in. Okay. But um, I didn't get downtown. But uh, that was actually, I, I like that moment. It was actually a good moment. Because it kind of reminded you of like when you were like 16 years old with, you know, one of your first girlfriends or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Although they were much older or I don't know how old he, he is in the movie, but yeah, I'm sure he's in his mid twenties or something. Yeah, Early for sure. Or something. But, yeah. Um, and really she gets all guilty. Cause uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they're having sex all night and then he falls asleep and then she's trying to write him the letter to take off. Um, yeah. But then she just stays. Yeah, and he wins her over so easily. <laughs> she even meets, uh, you know, his pops pretty, pretty quick. That you was know what's funny though? Well, even though everything happened really quickly, it seemed like believable. You know, yeah. not, like, the acting was good. Yeah, it was that good that it just seemed kind of like it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Florida white trash, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh <obviously> man, was. <laughs> yeah, she was definitely broken, and you fi- it finally gets revealed that she's a call girl because yeah, in real life. Girls that look like that, they never go up and initiate a conversation with a guy. Like, I mean, there's there's none of that. And uh, <laughs> I've been to Mexico more than a handful of times. And like, th- that's, I guess, there. And uh, really in Vegas, those are the two places that, man, like a guy's ego can like really get blown out of proportion. When, when then, you say uh, Mexico, you're talking Tijuana specifically? Yep, of course. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because I was in San Diego. and. 18 and 19 years old when we can't drink we go down there it's like literally 20 minutes away and uh then just to walk over the border oh yeah the drinking age is 21 man yeah Canada's like when i when i was coming out of high school it was 18 still is there yeah As same thing with mexico is it 18 yep yeah, that's, yeah, so that's why we were going down there at 18 19 and 20 dollars unlimited drinks all night and yeah Bring movies back to California. What is there? A hope? <laughs> yeah, what up, Earl? Yeah, he said, what are uh, producers doing to bring movies back to California? Is there hope that there's going to be incentives again to shoot major films out here? Yeah, because I mean, a lot of, I mean, it's really just expensive to film in California compared to some places, uh, a lot of other places around the country. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, is Earl here in uh, in uh, LA? Uh, he's in San Diego. Okay. Yeah, you know, the reason why they move is because or leave is because they get grants and then they get tax breaks. Two different things. Mm-hmm. Grants and tax breaks. So they're given money and then they're charged less money on the tax end. Yeah. So their budget just, just increases. Just like yeah. if you're traveling abroad, right? Your money goes farther. So they're going to, you know, to Canada or to Carolina to shoot or wherever. Mm-hmm. Even Georgia, Atlanta, they're shooting in Atlanta. Um, it's so much, it goes by the state, right? Yeah. State by state here, and then Canada's going to be cheaper. That's where they go. So, you know, if California gives them those breaks, then they stay here if they could. It's funny. Peacock said a piece of pie, not so subtle slang. <laughs> uh, I thought about that too, Miles. <laughs> yeah. Jack, to go get a piece of pie with me. <laughs> what kind of pie? <laughs> yeah. Peacock said, "Damn, yeah, don't walk, <laughs> don't walk by yourself at night in Vegas. You'll end up married. Well, I don't think you'll end up married. I mean, you might end up broke. I mean, <laughs> have a fun night, but yeah, you're gonna get charged for it. That's for sure. Yeah, broke for sure, man. <laughs> broke for sure. I don't do well at the slots, man. <laughs> and, I, I get uh, in Vegas, I get bored quick. Yeah, 
Emil said it's 19 now in Canada. Whew, man, it's cold. Well, you know, uh, Emil, I was in uh, Alberta was 18 and Quebec was 18. And I know the rest of the country was 19. Am I still right on that? Did Alberta and Quebec change to 19? That's my question now. And what's the difference between 18 and 19 anyways? Why would they like change it like up a year? Um. I don't know. I don't know. I, I still think it's 18 and 18 on those two provinces, but the other ones, yeah, he's right. It's 19. But even 19 to 21, that's two years. So 18 to 20, that's three years. That's a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Just to be able to drink, you know, alcohol or not, you know, so. Yeah. All right. Back to true romance. So, yeah, pretty much on this ledge and on this billboard is where. I mean, Alabama's almost kind of pissed that Clarence wasn't like <laughs> taken back too much when she said that he was a call girl. <laughs> he was like, I was just surprised you didn't have a dick when I, when you took off your dress. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, like a guy You're like simple. him, I mean, I, you just from everything I gathered in the first scene it, is he's not too much of a ladies man. Like I doubt he was a virgin, you know, cause um, I mean, no, it wasn't like, a virgin, I think. no, like I think he was in the service or somewhere. I think they mentioned it, but yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the guy who ordered the who ordered the call girl, you know, Alabama for him was uh, said he didn't get out much when he wanted him to get laid. He'd been working there like three years, so I assume he hadn't been laid in at least three years. That's what I assume. At least three years? Oh, I was thinking maybe a year or so, maybe. You know, some maybe something trickles by his by his side that he got maybe randomly <laughs> months ago. He's too bu- he's too busy always working and he just doesn't seem like a ladies man. Seems like kind of, I mean start talking about Elvis. I mean, look, within that first conversation, with, had to admit, if I had to fuck a guy, you know, if my life depended on it. <laughs> and he was funny too, Elvis. though. He, he's not even that geeky of a guy, really. The guy uh, Slater. Right. So it's, it's funny these these um Hollywood characters that are supposedly down and out. It's like, well, the guy doesn't look that bad. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's Hollywood though. Yep. <laughs> the glitz and glamour. Yep. Peacock, he's in uh, he's in Texas. So yeah, I assume went to Mexico a lot. Said Mexico's 18, but they never carded us in high school. Of course not. Yeah, I don't really I mean you had to pay uh well not pay. You had to actually no, we didn't you don't even need to show your ID to get across. Uh, you need to show it when you come back uh to the states, but yeah, it's crazy. I don't really remember ever really showing an ID going down to Mexico either. I've never been to Mexico. I've been in LA for 20 years. It's embarrassing, I, huh? I mean, the only reason I went to Mexico was because I wasn't 21 yet. So 18 and 19, that we just, that was kind of the place to party. It was like you go down to TJ and uh, you go to the club down there. There's like two or three big clubs where it's all hip hop and it's all, you know, get paid $20 and it's all you could drink all night. Oh yeah! Wow. Hey, plus you know you you grew up in San Diego, so yeah. How did you not go? What twenty minutes to uh, Tijuana? Yeah, twenty yeah. minutes there. You paid twenty dollars for parking, and then you walk across. You take like a five or ten dollar cab to and from, and then twenty dollars to drink all night. So like, still a super cheap like night for yeah. And you can party till like three four o'clock in the morning. That's another thing. Oh yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Is hey, it hey, Devin you in the house? What? What'd you say? You have to be careful down there. Yeah, like that's why you your wallet and whatnot. 
Yeah, you got to Yeah. And you just got to take the because uh, I mean, you can walk all the way across and I mean, it's like a couple mile walk. But I mean, literally, as soon as you get past the border, they got the, uh, the whole, all the taxis right there. So you just hop in a taxi. They take you to the club. And as long as you're not causing drama inside, I mean, there's no issues. It's walking around down the street. That's where you start getting in trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peacock says anything older than a cougar is a saber tooth. <laughs> and Marty said, yeah, I took down a cougar at a local bar a couple months back. Yeah, I saw that by Marty. Yeah, I saw that comment. Marty <laughs> took down a cougar. <laughs> Man, and so, yeah, they're they're professing each other's love for him. And then they, it, they go to the tattoo shop for her to get... <laughs> For her to get a tattoo of Clarence, and then they yeah, get married. It was a little like, much, <laughs> just like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, within twenty four hours, she's not trying to trash at all. <laughs> oh man, so that was—I mean, that, you ever heard any stories of anyone meeting someone and getting married within a twenty-four hour span? Like anybody no. you've actually known? No, I know, I know, like a guy's first time that he got he married her, but it wasn't like on the day. Yeah, the day, but you know, they, they used to have those movies like in Vegas. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, do that stuff, but yeah, I don't know anyway. You know, anyway, no, no, that makes ten thousand of us. Yeah, <laughs> up in here in the chat. <laughs> and uh, yeah, when she's getting the tattoo, that's when we kind of start hearing a little bit about Drexel. And she, yeah, who or what is a Drexel? Still very confused on what a Drexel is. <laughs> he was my pimp. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was funny, too. <laughs> Speaking of speeding things up, the, he automatically didn't like the guy. All right. Well, he's asking questions. He a nice guy. He's <laughs> like, oh, I wouldn't say he was a nice guy. It treated me okay, though. And then yeah, starts talking about how he beat the shit out of uh, one of the other girls that was there. And then starts getting a conscience about it. What'd you do to end up with a piece of shit like that? Yeah, that was kind of, that was a little contrived, right? He, <laughs> he like, he automatically just wanted to kill him. Yeah. Kill him. Well, not, he's up on, he's well, up see, on that's what's crazy. He, he, I mean, he didn't like him. I don't know if he wanted to kill him yet. Cause when he goes into the bathroom, I mean, now there's another scene later after they get married and they're like watching a Kung Fu movie in his apartment or whatever. And it's like, then he's talking to Elvis and Elvis is yeah, like, you convincing. should kill him. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and he's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to go to jail for the rest of my life. And he was like, uh, the killing part's easy. He was yeah. like, no, no, no. He's like, the killing part's the hardest. Getting away with it's easy. It's he's easy, like, you think yeah. any cops are going to be out trying to arrest someone because a pimp got shot? And he was like, mm, that's pretty convincing. Okay, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take him that long to decide either, right? <laughs> so throw it in the chat, guys. What do you what do you think Elvis is to Clarence? For those who've uh, seen the movie, like, is he like his conscience? Is it like an alter ego? Uh, is is it his split personality that he's talking to? Kind of like uh, a, what's it called? Um, like a fight um, fight club like type of thing with Ed Norton, but. Uh, yeah, it's what I always thought. That is, it's kind of like the little, the little devil and angel like on his shoulder. shoulder. Kind of just seemed like his conscience. He was more like a devil, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's one of the first things he says. I think you should kill him. Breathe yeah. the same air as you every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's the easy part. 
Peacock said a friend of mine uh, married a girl out of the blue. I never met her before, and uh, she was from Mexico. They got divorced five months later. Oh, probably lasted a lot longer than you guys thought it was going to last. Huh? I do know someone who, um, who, yeah, we, uh, me and a friend who always went down to Mexico together. He ended up like hooking up with with a chick down there, and like went back down there and was hanging out with her. Ended up having a kid with her down there. <laughs> Ooh, yeah he's, he's down there now though probably the kid's growing right yeah yeah and uh yeah i'm not really sure the extent of their relationship yet but i know they still uh he, he was i guess in his life as much as he could be hey hey nick's in the house and he said alter ego and he said great movie hell yeah dude super great movie and i don't think a lot I'm of people even my... realized val kilmer was in this movie either because you never see his name you never see his face and I mean, he's talking with kind of an Elvis-ish accent. Yeah, I saw the credits. I was like, I missed them. I missed the whole movie of him. Yeah, Marty said, haven't seen the movie, but fuck Elvis. Yeah, he, uh, uh, Clarence, Christian Slater, he's like addicted to Elvis. He's pretty much like an Elvis fanboy. And um, yeah, so literally goes from him going into the bathroom, talking about... Uh, <laughs> talking to elvis and um then realizing that he's gonna go kill him comes out <laughs> alabama put your previous address down on this piece of paper please <laughs> oh i i love uh alabama's reaction yeah when, when he kills him oh yeah well we'll talk about that we'll talk about that in a second i okay, do have okay. uh i have a couple a couple see um i i broke it down just so youtube doesn't flag us here but i broke this down into a couple scenes but this is when we get introduced to drexel and uh the dialogue i mean it's it's quentin tarantino at his finest here check this out he's asking about alabama where the fuck is that bitch she's with me who the fuck are you i'm her husband yeah well, that makes us practically related. <laughs> Grab a seat, boy. Grab yourself an egg roll. We got everything here from a little eye Joe to damn if I know. No thanks. <laughs> no thanks? What that mean? Hmm? I think you're too scared to be eaten. Let's see. We're sitting down here ready to negotiate. <laughs> Drexel's wild. I mean, they do show him one time before this when they when they mention him. I think it cuts from the uh when they're on the billboard and he's like, What the fuck's a Drexel? And then <laughs> it's funny because uh, do you remember the uh you remember the dialogue that happens in that scene where it's Drexel and Sam Jackson? Oh yeah, yeah. The because you think, yes, Jackson was just like did a cameo pretty much, right? Yeah, he was only then, in there um, for a second. But they're talking about how uh, he's like, yeah, this motherfucker said he don't need no pussy. <laughs> yeah, he said, I don't admit it. <laughs> Will you do it? Yeah, but I don't admit it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Jackson said, I ate the pussy, I ate the butt, I ate everything. <laughs> and uh, But that's what's funny is like a lot of the stigma in the 90s, especially. Uh, yeah, I don't need no pussy, I don't need no pussy. 
Well, you say, well, black guys don't, but secretly <laughs> we do. It's taboo. You don't do it like publicly, but then it's like, yeah, of course I do. I just don't talk about it. That's what that came from. Yeah. Yeah. And showed how fucking crazy he was in that scene too. And uh, yeah, he's like, just give me the burner and has the shotgun and just blows everyone away. I don't really get the context behind it. If he was the buyer or the seller in that, but um, just really just showed how much of a crazy motherfucker he was. Yeah, I don't know if he was buying or selling that, but you know, he got everything that was there. Yeah, for, that's <laughs> for sure. He got the money and he got the product. Hell yeah. He blew everyone away. He was, well, it was one other guy left that was with him, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, the big dude who I don't remember his name, but he's the dude yeah. who let parents in. Yeah, him. That was it. And so I broke this down into a couple just just so YouTube doesn't break uh, doesn't uh, flag us or anything. But here we go with uh, <laughs> continuing the introduction to Drexel. <laughs> You've already given up your shit. I'm still a mystery to you, but I know exactly where your white ass is coming from. See if I ask if you want some dinner, and you grab the egg roll and start to try down. I said to myself, this motherfucker, he's carrying on like he ain't got a care in the world, and who knows? Maybe he don't. Maybe this fool's such a bad motherfucker. He don't got to worry about nothing. He just sit down, watch my motherfucking TV. See? <laughs> you ain't even sat down yet. And that TV over there, since you've been in the room, is a room where the breasts is hanging out. You ain't even bothered to look. You just been clacking me. I know I'm pretty, but I ain't as pretty as a couple of titties. <laughs> Ooh wee! This shop feels. <laughs> That's always been Ooh. one of my lines. I know I'm pretty, <laughs> but I ain't pretty as. Yeah, go titties. Gary <laughs> <laughs> Oldman, that guy—he's one of my favorite actors. That guy. I mean, it's it's crazy because oh, you almost. I mean, if you don't know it's him, you you might not even be able to recognize him, right? I mean, big ass dreads, got the scars all over his face. Yeah, you see that character that he does compared to uh, Batman. He plays like the uh, um, official or whatever in Batman. I don't know, uh -huh. but he plays like a, like a business a suit guy. Yeah, it looks nothing like like two different people. <laughs> yeah, you never know it's him. Super crazy character. He doesn't have a lot of screen time, but his name, I mean, is mentioned throughout the entire movie. So almost kind of like Big Worm in Friday. Doesn't have a lot of screen time, but uh, his name is in the storyline because it's uh, the Coke that they end up getting away with. And uh, we still got one more part of this scene, but yeah, big fight scene and everything. <laughs> Give me Alabama shit. And then the bag that he grabs is the one from the beginning of the movie that's pretty much just full of blow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, you just reminded me when you said oh, his name was Printer um, that he's mentioned a lot in the movie. I did a movie just like that with uh, oh, hold on. with um, Dean Kane, who played okay. Superman in the 90s. Uh huh. Uh, you saw a clip of it. It's on my demo reel. Yeah. The exercise bikes. And um, I did two scenes with him and Portia de Rossi and a couple other people, a few other people. And, um, but he kept, but I just I disappeared with my wife in the in the movie. It was on Fox TV, uh, Fox okay. Channel. Okay. 
So it was a movie of the week. And um, but throughout the whole movie, he's like looking for us. Okay. But we were, you know, we had two scenes and then I'm done. Yeah. Throughout the movie, they kept talking, well, where'd David go? And David hasn't shown up. <laughs> I, was, I was his neighbor in this apartment because yeah. these, these old people are sucking the life of the killing people. So, so even then, though you uh, didn't have a lot of screen time in the movie, you're, the name of your character was being mentioned throughout the entire movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm David. That's me. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I went to England, I went to London. I saw Gary Oldman's old neighborhood. We ended up okay. doing a bed and breakfast. This guy says, yeah, I know Gary. I knew, I know exactly where he lived. And he took us there. That's he, awesome. It was in that building there. He grew up in the projects pretty much. And stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. Little tour of London, England. When I was there. I was freaking cool. out because we drive on the left side of the road, right? Yeah, everything's We're different. Let me get a hit. Whoa. <laughs> Crazy, man. Crazy. <laughs> I would, that would definitely take some getting used to. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, Anyway. We got the last part of the scene here. And uh, yeah, where it starts to get getting a little bit more intense. And yeah, the dialogue in here, it's funny because everything with Drexel is all psychological. You know, ask him if he wants to eat. And uh, he says no, you know, but then he goes into the psychological. Yeah, if I, if I tell him, go ahead and sit down, he starts eating my egg rolls. Yeah, it's like he doesn't have a care in the world. He might be a dangerous man if he starts, uh, <laughs> if he starts eating those egg rolls like he doesn't care. Yeah, it was hilarious. I was laughing at that series talk like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Here we go, last part of this scene. I'm not eating because I'm not hungry. I'm not sitting because I'm not staying. I ain't looking at the movie because I already seen it seven years ago. It's the Mac. Max Julian, Carol Speed, and Richard Pryor. I ain't scared of you, I just don't like you. That envelope right there had some payoff money. Alabama's moving on to some greener pastures. We're not negotiating. I don't like to barter. It's in that envelope right there. It's for my peace of mind. My peace of mind is worth that much. Not one penny more. See you. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, you know what we got here? Motherfucking Charlie Browns. <laughs> Mr. Majestic, look here, Charlie. None of this bullshit is necessary. I don't got no hold over Alabama. <laughs> It's a Charlie Bronson. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino oh, must really like Charlie Brown because, uh, I mean, Charlie Brunson, I'm assuming that's just like a Charlie Brown kind of nickname. And then uh, in yeah. one called uh, Kill Bill, um, the uh, when they were in Japan, Charlie Brunson. It was the guy who kind of dressed like Charlie Brown. Oh, man. You know, you know, your Tarantino like is the back of your hand. On it, man. On you are it. Good hustler. You are good. You know what's crazy about this is like, so uh it really seems like Clarence, like that's like Quentin. I mean, he works at a fucking comic book store, he's a movie nerd. I mean, just even right there, he's like, I've already seen that movie seven years ago. It's the Mac. <laughs> and uh, so just he's a movie buff, he's an Elvis freaking nerd that Quentin Tarantino is, but also freaking Drexel. It's almost like that'd be Quentin. That that's who Quentin Tarantino would be if he was like a coke dealer. 
Like he would be the white guy with dreads (laughs) (laughs) who's around nothing but brothers and, uh, you know, and, and who's just super wild and eccentric. See, maybe for all we know that these are Tarantino's alter egos. Yeah. On a whole, right? All these, yeah. all these different characters. I mean, this is the first script that he ever wrote, you know? So, I mean, he's probably pulling from a lot of what he knew. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, a lot, lot of, man, a lot of good dialogue going into this movie. A lot of epic scenes. And then right after this, I don't have any of the... Uh, the big fight scene here, but um, right, right after this scene ends, I mean, fucking Drexel just jumps and pounces right yeah. on fucking Clarence and then turns into a big scrum and uh, looks like Clarence is about to be down and out, but they take their eyes off him for a second and uh, pulls out the strap and like shoots him in his dick and he's done. Yeah. And gives the one to the head. Yeah, that one hurt. You see yeah. that? Like, oh, <laughs> the pain is watching. Yeah. Also, you know, as an actor, when I watch other actors do scenes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. take myself out of it as a, just a viewer. Like, you start to notice, like, the real That's good actors, you start to notice that uh, the difference of what they do as an actor as opposed to what was written. Yeah. And in that scene, when he's uh, moving the lampshade, mm-hmm. I bet you dollars to donuts, Oldman came up with that. What up song? Yeah. He may, yeah. he may have, and I know uh, I've seen some of Tarantino's uh, interviews, like talking about the movie and what was ad libbed and what wasn't, and um, he doesn't really talk about too much, like what was actually ad libbed by mm-hmm. uh, by a Gary Oldman or not. But super, I, I'd be super, I'm super curious about if he did or not. You, you just tell there's, there's certain things that stand out on top of the performance. That usually that's what it is. It's usually not written in there. Yeah, that's why it stands out because it was just written in the moment in character. Yeah, yeah. And it totally builds like the tension as well, too. Cause like first he's doing he he does it kind of soft. It's enough to where he has to like move his head, but then he does it, you know, a little bit harder as it keeps like going on. And it's yeah, like, right. building the tension of this big like pendulum like <laughs> swinging, and then fucking Clarence grabs it and throws it back. And uh see, and that was probably just uh Slater's as an actor, he just finally just grabbed it because he's like because he, he, actors you're given something, yeah. I didn't want to give back. A bad actor doesn't give back like that because he doesn't know. That's why he's a bad actor. Right. <laughs> like whoever the actor is, like not those guys. But yeah. So yeah. So it's you see that. Um, they were feeding off each other uh, pretty nice in there. there. That was a that was a lot of nice back and forth. And, definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Gary Oldman's the man, and Christian Slater. I mean, he was good throughout the entire thing. And, yeah, and uh, you know, he's always good in all his stuff, pretty much. Yeah. Um. He. he not that he plays the same characters, but almost a lot of his characters are the same demeanor, though. Right. Who knows that? Yeah. Later. Yeah. And 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 I'm not, I'm not talking his acting. I'm talking the characters that he plays. Yeah, and I mean, not hugely stretched different characters, really. Yeah, and like I maybe it's because the timeline was super close. I think they were only released a couple years apart, but Broken Arrow with him and uh, John oh, yeah. Travolta. Um, even though he's a badass, he's still. You know, I I don't know what to say because he's not like timid, but he's kind of like he gives off a little bit of that vibe. And yeah, uh, true. Even here, he's such a badass. Here, this is uh, <laughs> this is this is all I'm giving for my peace of mind, and uh, <laughs> my peace of mind's not worth one more one penny more. Yeah. <laughs> than that, like he's still a low key badass, right? Yeah, like yeah. 
He knew some shit was about to go down and to go in there. Didn't know how many fucking guns were going to be in there, how many other people were going to be in there. And uh, even being outnumbered, that dude, uh, the big dude, Marty, that, that's his name. It was, it was Marty. Was it Marty too? Yeah, big, uh, yeah, big pop dude, like place. his, his security side, side piece or whatever. And um, yeah, like, I mean, cause uh, Gary Oldman jumps on him and the dude's right behind him to fucking bear hug him. And Gary Oldman's pretty much pounding his face. You know, if there's one thing in this movie Christian Slater can do, it's take a punch. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> he was tough as nails, man. And Nick, so, crazy. Someone brought this up earlier. Hey, said, Nick, do you guys do you guys remember Gleaming the Cube? So do you remember that movie? It was another Gleaming Christian Slater movie from remember 89. Gleaming? I've never fucking heard of it, but it's with him and Tony Hawk from 1989. I got to go check this out. But yeah, super similar on the timeline. Never, never heard of it though. But uh, yeah, Nick, you're the second person to bring that up today. All right, let's see here. Now, how about what? What happened after? Right after this, that's where uh, now we could jump ahead to this Nelson, where you said that you liked uh, Alabama's reaction after he gets uh, back. I mean, he goes and gets food. He's like, I'm so hungry. Like, this is the best. This is not the best burger you've ever eaten in your life. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, also that line was like, oh, you're going to hate me? Be mad at me? No, no, I I love you for it. Something like that. Yeah, because he was like, uh, what what was he like? uh, Because she's crying. And he doesn't yeah. know why she's crying at first. And he was like, you're going to cry for him. He's not worth one of your tears. Oh, God, yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. me. Yeah. And, uh, and she was like, I think what you did. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I think what you did is so romantic. And then, uh, yeah, that, it's that it's that Florida white trash coming out of her like real quick, though. But, but she uh, wasn't. But yeah, it was there. <laughs> But yeah, he went in and uh, he handled biz. I mean, the dumbest thing about it. I don't know why he didn't remember that Drexel grabbed his fucking ID. Like when after he was beating the shit out of him, he's on the ground. He grabs uh-huh. his wallet, has his ID, and uh, says his name and says the address and everything. He didn't grab his ID back. Why did he not grab it back? Because well, then you would think of a different way to for the plot to thicken, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> obviously that was very important for the plot to happen. Yeah, because even right. in the uh, even in the what I mean the um, the the Italian mobsters they're making fun of him. He's like the fucking idiot left his ID in a dead man's hand, and they're all making fun of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I guess it could have been more plausible if he tried to find it, he couldn't, and then he had to leave because he made the place a mess. Well, it could have been. I mean, really, it could have been because I, I mean, it could have been. I mean, the trail was on Alabama. Either way, I mean, how they would have found her, who the hell knows? I'm sure there was a way to mix in the story of how they would have been able to tail Alabama somehow. But because there yeah. was still a bunch of people who were living, it just wasn't uh, it wasn't Marty or Drexel. It was all the uh, all those ladies were still there, though. Yeah, I guess they weren't questioned or anything. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I mean. Guess they didn't have to because the ID was there, but I'm sure they could without the ID. I'm sure they could have figured out a way. Yeah, but he came up. He came up clean, but yeah. And, you know, once again, that, that was that made sense for the speed of how things were moving. Yeah, because everything right. just went super quick. I mean, it goes from there 
to then they go and they get we finally get introduced to Dennis Hopper and uh, who's uh Clarence's dad and <laughs> gets in at Alabama yeah. gets introduced to his dad and that was funny right there all we know is that he was a crazy drunk like we don't really know too much about him he used to be on the police force and he left them he left his mom or something but yeah we don't get too much of a backstory on him necessarily it seemed like he was a key character just to kind of tie things up to, for for the cover up that he got off pretty much that's you know he seemed like his father served that purpose and that's about it yeah he was able to get into the records cuz he's a former cop he's got friends down there at the at the department yep and then you know and he doesn't last too long anyway. They did like a little more, do like a a double cameo. Yeah. And uh, a little shelf, longer shelf life than a cameo. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, really. I mean, he's going there. They they go to the the pop's house, really, just uh, because he wanted to see if he had friends on the force. Yeah. And uh, if he still had friends on the force, so he could hear if there was anything. And I mean, at least from what he finds out, I mean, there's no trail as far as like the cops go because uh, that's really the only thing that he's thinking about is the cops. Because when yeah. Elvis is in his ear, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you'll be able to get away with it. No cops are going to be looking at coming for you. No cops were coming from him, but they didn't think that Drexel could be connected, you know, to the actual mob. To that's the big really boys. what fucked everything up. <laughs> yeah. The wise guys, yeah. they, they were coming for him. Yeah, and they uh pretty fast too. They found them pretty quickly. Yeah, because really, I mean, I swear, like there's like they they didn't even get to LA and they're already questioning the dad. And uh the one part that just stands out, man, Alabama is Florida white trash. Like, remember when he they're getting ready to leave and he's like, Hey, give pops a kiss bye. <laughs> Starts slipping them the tongue, and he's like, Hey, what kind yeah. of snap room is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The opposite of what she says. I'm not white trash. Everything she does is white trash. I'm not white trash, right? Man, but uh, yeah, Dennis Hopper, he got super excited. He was like, hey, the boy ain't lying. She tastes like a peach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no mercy there. No no apologies, right? Nope. And uh, Clarence already knew. He knew that Alabama had a couple screws loose and that she probably was Florida white trash, but it was right up his alley of a type of chick that he needed anyways. Yeah. freaking wild though like that's really all that uh that i could say is uh <laughs> things get wild really quick after that they go to la and, uh, and then you see michael rapaport and all that and clarence is really just kind of being uh it's funny in the uh in the trailer they're like a con man and then they point to Clarence and show him because he is kind of being like a con man with everything. It is a whole big made up story. Um, yeah. It's weird because Michael Rappaport mentions Drexel, which I don't know if maybe he told them the real story about how he, uh, how he acquired it or that he got it from Drexel, but everybody else he's telling a complete, you know, when did he mention, mention uh, Drexel? So it, it happens really quick. It's when they get to L.A. And he was like, uh, so this is Drexel's Coke? And he was like, no, Drexel's dead. This is Clarence's Coke. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember now. The suitcase is open. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, right. and he, he plays it like the total innocent friend in yeah. every way, you know? Yeah. What, what would you call him? Um, what would you call him in Hollywood? Like a starving actor? Pretty much, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Totally. Didn't seem like he was too good. I mean, that the audition was horrible with uh, him and uh, who? Oh, that was Bertha Sorry. from uh, from uh, what's it called? From Two and a Half Men. <laughs> really, oh, really bad. What do you think? What do you think of I his? Know, uh, I don't recognize her. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, she looks super similar to there in Two and a Half Men, but <laughs> yeah. What 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 do you what do you think of his audition on a scale of one to ten? What are you giving his audition? Uh, five. I think it was five or four. So you've seen worse. Yeah. It was kind of it was kind of the good of the bad. <laughs> or the upper the upper end of the bad. <laughs> we'll give you a call. We'll give you a call. I'm sure they say that to everybody no matter what, right? Or or they say nothing. <laughs> Usually they say nothing. Okay. But so no, was he reading for an agent or for a part? Uh, for a part. Yeah, they won't. They usually won't say anything for a part. If you're going for an agent, they'll say, "Yeah, we'll call." They'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I went through it. Well, I've had eight different agents. I think. Don't have any now, but. Yeah. I know the whole song and dance. It's time to get an, an agent. <laughs> and. Uh... and stuff. Yeah, so let me show. Uh, we we got a couple clips of uh, of you on of you on set uh, for the safari, the safari in. So let's check out some of this because as soon as they get to L.A., they go see uh, Michael Rappaport's character. Yes, and what's his name, Dickie? And then uh, and then right after that, they go to the safari in. So we got a couple clips. Here we go. All right, I'm at Selma and Argyle. There. So there's um. Let's see where Clarence drops Alabama off the safari in. And uh, he drives past here. Goes to this intersection. I think he goes this way. And this is what the building looks like now. Selma and Argonne. Okay, we're on Sunset here. And this is where uh, Clarence and Alabama first get into LA, go down Sunset. Boulevard. I actually recognize it myself because right down, you see that big black building? The CNN building. And right by there, I go to Staples, which is right beside there. That's where I do my, my you know, I get my labels done. So I'm there all the time. So I recognize this part of Sunset Boulevard. And there's uh, a baby crying over there. So what they did in the editing, they're coming into LA, coming down Sunset Boulevard. Then boom, they cut to the right, they turn in or turn left or right, I don't know which is left or right, uh, into uh, the Safari Inn for the, for the Safari Motel. And uh, that is in Burbank. So two different uh, cities, but looked at as the same uh, street in the film. Yeah, so you'd never really know that they're like cutting it from like two different... Yeah, two different ways. Seamless, almost seamless. Because obviously, I saw it, but I was hoping that you'd get the uh, the footage of him turning in next yep. to what I just shot there. Nope, I do have it. So I got I broke oh, it up do? into okay. uh, into two spots here, and uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I got it here where you could see. Oh, sweet! On one direction, yeah, it's one thing, and then they like they 
change the angle and then it's him turning in so you can't even really tell what street he's turning from let's check it out but yeah here we go nelson on location at the actual safari inn now so we cut to the safari inn on west olive avenue in burbank from sunset boulevard where they're um, driving up to the safari inn even though it was on sunset boulevard and the scene before i cut to here you know it's the magic of Hollywood, got to do that. So I'm gonna go in uh, closer, you get a closer look. We'll see you in, uh, in the main foyer uh, or the parking garage right there in the middle. That's where uh, Alabama leans over and kisses uh, Clarence in the car before he takes off. And they go in and grab the hotel room. And I'll see if we can get a closer look. They'll let me shoot around in there close-ups of the hotel room. It was Hotel 211 that they were in. So that's the Safari Inn. The famous fight um, also that took place with Alabama and James Gandolfini's character, uh, Virgil. We call it the fight of the decade for, uh, for film. Um, it's quite the fight. You'll see when you watch the, watch the movie. All right, let's see what uh, they say. We're going a little closer. Okay, this is as close as I can get. I can't go right up in front of the door, but 211 is up in there where um, they run out. Clarence rescues Alabama after the, sh the fight with uh, Virgil. They run down there. And here's the pool. And I'll just go closer to the front entrance where Clarence pulls up with the car a couple times in the movie. And that's it. Right here, that's where she leans in and kisses him, and then he takes off. Got it. Fuck! Mother, then we gotta go. Jesus Christ! Come on, darling, we're gonna get the fuck out of here. Dang it, so we played too many true romance clips. Alex. Oh, our, our, oh, we did? Yeah, the stream got interrupted. <laughs> oh, but we're back. We'll cut that out. I mean, we're we're still here, but uh, people on YouTube, um, they can't see us right now. But we'll be back in a second. So how long does it cut for? Uh, we'll, we'll see. It could be like 60 seconds or so. Like, uh, so they yeah. slap on the wrist is what it is? Uh, yeah, I mean, they just stop it until they realize that, uh, that we're not showing it anymore. Dang. So we might not be able to show any of the, uh, the last scene that we have. We'll try it, but, uh, maybe not. I don't want to get, we, we don't want to get a Mark. <laughs> and Marty said, damn it, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> which, which I think, I thought we sh showed them all. Well, we could see it on our end, but if you're, if you were just watching it on YouTube right now, it says stream unavailable. Oh, okay. So we're showing too many clips is what it is. Do they, do they go by duration or is it the number of clips? 
not really sure not not really sure how it works and that's uh, only certain things so yeah we probably won't show any more clips uh on the episode but yeah either way we can still keep it going and uh youtube people will be back here in a second and i was just gonna say did you see my cameo on that uh, scene where slater goes by the door you see me come out of the door there? oh yeah yeah i saw you <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with no shirt on <laughs> So uh, how, how, has it been renovated since? I mean, it looked like the doors were different colors, and yeah, they're like painted um, pretty much red now, or burgundy, or something like that. Yeah, but in, yeah, in the film, obviously, they were like a tan color, look like beige, mm-hmm. light yep. beige. Yeah. Okay, we're back on YouTube now. Yes, we're back, everybody. So I had some other scenes, and I guess we won't play them because we don't want to get in trouble from uh, from YouTube. I think it was just one. Oh, other scenes that you pulled from the film. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, the other scene that I pulled, I, I chopped it down in uh, in a handful of different cuts, but um, the the Dennis Hopper, Christopher Walken scene, I mean, definitely the best scene in the movie. Happened super early in the movie, too. I think in Quentin Tarantino's version, when he did it non-linear, that was kind of one of the things at the end of the movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, those are good clips. Those are good clips, man. Okay, yeah, and uh, what a way to go out. Dennis Hopper already knew that he was gonna die, and um, it's crazy because these guys, these mobsters, for being like so smart and everything, and I mean, they're at his house waiting for him, and all they had to do was look on the refrigerator because the guy's name and phone number (laughs) is there of where they went to in LA. And uh, so I didn't even have to do anything with the dad. They just could have waited. And then, um, and then what's it called? The, uh, and then when James Gandolfini, when he goes into the waiting for Alabama, I mean, I'm sure they wanted to kill him, but really it was about getting the Coke. I mean, that was the main, the main thing. And uh, he didn't even check under the bed. Who knows how long he's sitting there for. Doesn't even check under the bed. It's in the hotel room. Yeah. He says it out loud too. Yeah, under the bed. <laughs> I'm getting old. Getting old. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Cool. What? So, what did you think when? Because you said this was the fight of the decade, and uh, I mean, it was wild. Al- Alabama. I mean, she's just a badass. Yeah, one. You didn't really see a lot of films with like a guy fighting a woman like that. Yeah, the long, it was a long fight. Yeah. Well, that was sure. so. That was so. Many you didn't see a man or woman. Number two, it was a long fight. Number three, it was really, really violent. Yeah. yeah with the toilet sure. seat cover. And I mean, he like beat that. the shit out of her. I mean, she ends up coming out on top, but he beat the shit out of her. Yeah. Do you see movies like that now? Like women getting beat up like that? No, not really. I don't think so. No. I mean, see, guys get beat up now. <laughs> by well, I, I guess there's not really too many ways that you can do that. I mean... I, don't, I mean, we're too much in a PC culture right now. Yeah, I mean, even saying. then, he gets the best of her, but, I mean, she's the one who comes out alive. She's the one who ends up turning the tables and stabbing him in his foot and getting the shotgun and blowing yeah. him away, getting the fucking uh, the hairspray and the lighter and lighting him on fire, and it was wild. Yeah, and the room with the mess. Yeah. Blood <laughs> everywhere and stuff, so... Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I remember people talking about, yo, that fight scene in True uh, True Romance. It was amazing. Yeah. And I never saw it in the theaters. Like I said, I wasn't really. Um, I was. I was uh, put off by the title of the 
film. I didn't think it was close to what, well, you know, as close to what it was. Kind of like right. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Amazing movie, but when it came out, I was like, what's this? Ah, I don't see it. I saw that later on, too. Yeah. And it was amazing. I was like, ah, I missed it, though, in the theater. Yeah. Just because of the title of it. Yeah, definitely could throw you off. And, um, yeah, just insane. Insane. I mean, the Gary Oldman, Claren uh, the Drexel-Clarence fight, and then the Virgil-Alabama fight, just insane. And... <laughs> And that's after they go meet the uh, the dude who they're potentially going to sell the Coke to. They go to Six Flags or whatever. And uh, yeah, and then he just drops her off like everything's okay. And just, man, <laughs> not a time to be separated from each other. That's for sure. And that hotel, oh, that, not the hotel, the motel looked bigger on screening once again. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a smaller type of motel when you go in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, then I thought just... the aria was bigger. Uh huh. It looked looked like a decent size on the right. end of the film. Right. And uh, and Bogey said, only if you make a movie like uh like <laughs> about Ike Turner, could you portray a woman being beaten on the silver screen again? Mm, yeah, yeah, just it's really not going to happen. But yeah, so I mean, really wild. And then then they're just out of there. I mean, Clarence makes it there, like right as Alabama like kills him, and then. I mean, we just showed it on there and then they're running out completely out of there and still business as usual, though. I mean, he even is telling uh, what's his name? Uh, Dickie um, that, that she got hurt, like playing basketball <laughs> and like, oh, yeah, <laughs> such a bullshit, uh, you know, reason. But I mean, nobody really questions it. Because she's totally fucked up. <laughs> She played. She played it well too. Yeah, she played it very well. Yeah, and there's really no breaks in the action because it goes from that. I mean, they're chilling by like the airport and they're having like a little scene, like talking or whatever. But then they're just they're back at the Beverly Hotel, and uh, this is where I mean, pretty much the whole climax of the entire movie happens, and it's really weird how. Uh, well, not weird. I mean, it's really ironic how. I, I forget the dude's name, Elliot, the one who's introducing Clarence to the other guy, the one who's kind of like the middleman who knows Dickie was, or whatever. Was that Bronson Pinchot's character? I believe so. And uh, because yeah. he gets pinched by the cops, like he's the one who's going to end up like screwing over his friend, not like the random person because they're worried about Clarence being someone who's going to fuck him over and, you know, ends up being his friend or i don't know whatever he is to him assistant or whatever the one yeah he's assistant down what was the name of the of the uh the movie producer right yeah i cannot think of his name to save my life right now sal rubinek was the actor i know his name i know who he is he's from canada actually he's um a very good actor lee donowitz there we go yeah lee donowitz. oh he was good <laughs> That's <laughs> what he, Elliot betrays him. Yeah. He ripped, he ripped my heart out of my chest. What he realizes, I don't know. I don't, should we not skip ahead or what? No, say, we can't. I mean, that's pretty much where we're at. Yeah. 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 What he realizes that, that he's in on the wiretap, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never work in this fucking town again. <laughs> I was a big brother to you. You ripped the heart out of my chest by doing that. <laughs> oh man 
I think that's probably my favorite scene. That whole scene there. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, real crazy the way it works out. I mean, um, it's funny because when Clarence comes in, he's got the gun and they're like patting everybody down and, you know, the whole thing. And he explains everything and why he has the gun and all that. And Lee, he's like, yeah, you can hold on to it. (laughs) (laughs) Unbeknownst that we know that those other, the mobs coming, they're on their way too. It's like, oh no, the cops are there. And I guess the spot that we skipped when they're in the elevator, that part was just, I mean, Clarence is just crazy. Um, I mean, because they're listening to him on the on the wiretap and he stops the elevator and puts the gun up to uh, to Elliot's head. What's waiting for us up there? Are you trying to fuck me? And and the guys who are listening, they're laughing, you know, because they're like, this Clarence guy is fucking crazy. And uh, he's like, he's bluffing you, Elliot. He's bluffing you. (laughs) Almost, almost breaks like no, he's not gonna break. He's not gonna break. He's not gonna break. Yeah, <laughs> gonna break. <laughs> he's gonna oh, kill him. Man. He's gonna kill him. <laughs> Had to test him though, because Clarence is still like nervous about this whole thing too. And uh, but yeah, Elliot, fucking surprised he didn't piss himself there and just uh, let the cat out of the bag. But so he I don't like this anymore. I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> I think he got away too, didn't he? Uh well yeah um um sneak the way through that no actually I don't know I I don't know if he did because uh yeah in the, midst, in the mid yeah Rappaport did in the midst of all the uh, every of all the the stare down I guess because no guns have been fired yet it's like detective whatever your name is um can, I'm not needed anymore now can I leave shut <laughs> <laughs> the fuck up Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what an idiot! How, what? How? You? So what an idiot! Betrayed is the ultimate betrayal. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. So that, I don't think they ever show him leaving because they they tell him to sit out and shut up, and that's kind of it. Well, yeah, I remember Rappaport's. What, what was his character's name again? Uh, Dicky. Dicky. I remember Dicky sneaking out of there, going down the hallway. Yeah. He got out. He threw the he threw the whole suitcase of coke, and then someone shot it, and then that was all over the place, and that kind of was the he diversion. Away. Yeah, and then didn't didn't uh, Elliot kind of slither out of there somehow? They never showed it. I mean, unless I'm like just totally like but, skipping over that part, but I don't remember him actually leaving. I know I don't yeah. remember seeing him get shot either. Though. I I definitely don't remember seeing him get shot, but. And I thought I saw him leave, like, like Rappaport's kind of like he sneaked out or something, but maybe not. Yeah, I can watch remember. that over again because, and that's I know that seems on YouTube actually. Yeah, and crazy how uh, how Clarence and Alabama are able to sneak out, and because uh, yeah, I mean Clarence is coming out of the bathroom and then he just gets shot in the eye, and uh, in Tarantino's version, um, Clarence actually dies. So that was one of the things that got changed as well. Oh yeah, was, uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. And uh, but then they they end up making it away somehow. I mean, with all the cops and all the sea of everything, they're able to just sneak through. And they didn't park inside of the Beverly like they parked on the street, is what it looked like. And and they pretty much ride off into the sunset. Did they get any money or anything like that? I don't remember if they uh, if they took the suitcase of money or anything like that. I have to watch the game myself. I'm thinking right now. I'm, I don't know. Like, yeah, where did that suitcase go? Yeah. Well, it flew. Oh, no, sorry. The money flew up. 
when he threw the money up, right? Or did he throw? No, the he threw up the uh, he threw the bag uh, the bag with the coke in it. Oh, so the and then they and then they know. shot that, and then it's all it's just raining white, and uh, that was his diversion to get out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I that's what I'm just assuming is that they got away with the money. Yeah, because they ended up some tropical beast, didn't they, with their kid? Yeah, Elvis. <laughs> of course. That was it two or three years later, I think. Three years yeah, later. Yeah, and that's what she said. That would have been one of the biggest differences is that I probably wouldn't have named our son Elvis. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so for me, uh, I, I, I'm, my favorite scene is the one with uh, with Walken and Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper. I mean, it was, I, I think, about a 10-minute 10 minute scene with uh, just Walken yeah. and, and Dennis Hopper going back and forth and talking about how Sicilians are the greatest liars and all the different tells and all that. And it's pretty much fucking him up along the way every time he tells a lie. And they're and black, then, actually. They actually come from the sense of blacks. They, well, yeah, that was uh, then Dennis Hopper. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that Chesterfield now. Should have been a red apple. That would have been funny. But uh, yeah, then he starts telling them the whole story about how the Moors conquered Sicily and the Moors were black. And so, yeah, everyone yeah. from Sicily has uh, the black gene running through them. And uh, Christopher Walken didn't like that. He said he hasn't killed anybody in like 10 years or something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he was the one who wanted to do him in after that. I thought we'd see Walken again, but he he was in and out too. Yeah, yeah, just that one. I mean, it was a lot of dialogue that was in there too. So, it's not, I mean, the screen time was still good, even though it was only in for that one scene. But, yeah, and uh, Quentin Tarantino, he said the only thing that was ad-libbed from that entire scene was at the end when he said, you're part eggplant. And he's like, and you're part cantaloupe. And he said that was the only part that was ad-libbed out of the entire scene that they oh, delivered. That's cool to know. Didn't know that. Yeah, so everything pretty much word for word what Quentin Tarantino wrote. And Quentin Tarantino, it's uh, he said that because his mom used to date a bunch of black guys back in the day, and they would, oh, yeah, uh, know yeah that that, that's where he got a lot of his swag from because they would go take him to see the, the black exploitation movies and all that kind of stuff. So he kind of grew up amongst that world. And um, that's why I said if he was like really gonna make himself like if he was a bad guy in real life, he would have been Drexel, you know, just seemed like that was like him. And um, so he, is that why he always says blacks in his movies, which he does, right? Like, uh, yeah, I, well, he, he writes what he knows, and he was really immersed into that culture as a kid. Oh, yeah, and it's new uh, to me, I didn't know that. I forget the he he mentions the person specifically, but I think it was one of his his mom's like old boyfriends that told him that whole story about the Moors and uh, and conquering Sicily, so it was like. Something that was told to him as like history, wow. and uh, he re put that into the movie. Yeah, I feel like I'm in class right now. <laughs> and educated, certainly. <laughs> that's my educated. That's my favorite scene. What would you boil your down? What would you boil your favorite scene down to? Well, that 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 shooting scene was my favorite scene. Yeah, and then that scene is my second favorite scene. I like that a lot too. Because you wonder, like, when I wonder they do the, you know, the hot, you know, how, um, to Hopper's character. Of course, he, you know, met the demise. Then the guy finds on the fridge, "Hey, gonna make you very happy." Something <laughs> like, "You're about to be very happy." <laughs> the phone number's right on the, yeah. on the fridge, right? Yeah. 
That was cool. That 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 part reminded me of um, in Scarface. Yep. When they meet uh, the cop, he says, "You can't kill a cop." Shoots him in the stomach. Remember that yeah. scene? Who said you was one? Yeah, who says you was one? It's funny oh, because I like literally right on my wall, like right here, I have uh-huh. uh, it, it's a Scarface poster, and it's from that scene. He has the gun where he's like just holding it right on the table when he's got the arm, the the strap on his whole arm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you get a sling, right? Because yeah. you got it. Because what's his face? Uh, try to take him out. Yeah. Yeah. And failed. <laughs> oh, uh, was it Omar? Omar. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was Omar. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so so at the end of that scene, so he kills um the 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 drug not the drug lord but the main drug lord in that city. Yeah. What's his name again? <laughs> Michelle Frank. Michelle, uh, Michelle Frank. Pfeiffer's uh dude <coughs> Frank. Oh yeah, Frank. Frank. So he yeah. <laughs> Frank, and then the guy says, "You can't kill a cop." He shoots him in the stomach, and then the who's left was uh Tony. Yeah. Big Tony, right? The bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they and then they go to leave. Yeah. And then uh, he goes, wait a minute, wait. And then um, not not Al, Al Pacino, but the other dude. Yeah, yeah. You want a uh, job? Power, yeah, he goes, hey man, yeah. What do you do with Tony? Hey, want a job? <laughs> He's like sweating. Yeah, like about to shit his pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, Tony. Sure, Tony. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> and so that last scene. I mean, uh, well, I mean, not the last scene, but, you know, the big gun down scene that you said your favorite one. How hard do you think it is to put a, a, an entire scene like that like Brutal. together? Probably took a few days for sure. How many, how many, like, that's not happening just once, is not it? Is it? Like, uh, how many takes do you think it takes to get something like that? Well, first thing is how many cameras. I think you'd have to have, like, three cameras. Okay. I don't think two would have been enough. I would probably use three. I'm no expert or nothing, but I'm probably probably use three. Mm-hmm. Then you do um you're probably doing all master shots first. And then you do then you're gonna be doing all close-ups from different angles and stuff. And then you gotta look at cleanup. Yeah. Right. So they they probably would do a lot of the um Especially that is super messy. They have those fancy pillows with all the feathers. With the fe- that's so what like, I was thinking those, about. Those are all over the fucking place. Yeah, so you probably probably they'd have to do a take of that, and then do all the, and they definitely do the takes with all the feathers. You'd have to do all the ending takes with the feathers because everything's already down. Right. So you almost would have to shoot a lot of it, kind of in reverse in a way. Okay. Because you can only clean up so many times with budget right. and all that stuff, right? Right. So they would probably end up shooting a lot of the stuff that got messed up, and then they clean it up, and then they can reshoot over and over again before it gets messy. Right. Do all those shots clean, and then do those. Uh, That's what's crazy. Stuff. I feel like it gets messy within like the first second. Like as soon as they start shooting, it's like someone shoots the pillows that starts shooting the feathers. Yeah, like all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that's why I like that scene so much because it's fascinating, like how they even shot it. Yeah, yeah, a lot is going on. Yeah, there's how many people are in that room? There's like ten people, right? There's like four mobsters, and then there's like three cops or four cops, and then eight, and then you got Elliot and his buddy. Yeah, nine, ten, and then you got two, um, the bodyguard, eleven. Yeah, there's like three bodyguards there. Thirteen. Yeah, you got about 15 people in there. Yeah, there's a lot going on. 
there's and a that's what's crazy. And like we go from like scenes like this to like Quentin Tarantino doing like the Django, um, like that final scene where it's like every, Django shooting everybody all over the fucking place and like all that and like, yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Like that's some of the uh, that that's some of the coolest part I think of like Hollywood movie making. Like how do we make this crazy, this crazy bloodbath like come to life like on screen. insane then you know i thought that was going to continue down in the lobby too they did a little bit right yeah they kind of petered out a little bit though yeah it's like as they're taking off it was like uh um someone was like yeah he was like i'll blow this bitch's brains out or like something like that one of the mobsters like took someone hostage and then that was kind of it they don't even show any didn't even show anything after that and Bogart said his mom's best friend was a black woman. It was her brother that told him about the legendary Moors. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, okay. He said it was like his, uh, yeah, it was like his black mom. They were like best friends. Yeah. Yeah, the mom's best friend. Uh, yeah. The mom's best friend's brother. Was uh, pretty much his uncle growing up. Okay. It was so the his guy. mom's friend was black. Yeah. Okay. It was the guy that told uh, Tarantino the <laughs> the birds and the bees, so to speak. <laughs> that's Bogart, right? Is that what you said, Bogart? Yeah, that's Bogart. So he's behind the scenes. He's not gonna. Come well, on. we're we're gonna get ready to wrap this one up right now. So I guess he's not gonna be on here for uh, for this. Yeah, well, one. we've been on for a while now. So yeah, we'll figure out the next movie that we're gonna do, and maybe in about two weeks uh, from now, we'll get another we'll get another movie in. We'll brainstorm a little bit. But yeah, I mean, as far as like a grade goes, I mean, I know there's no real like perfect grades, but do we grade this anything other than like an A or a 10 or any flaws the uh, in the movie or movie production that, that we could uh, nitpick at? Yeah, I would have given it A plus. I do like, yeah, definitely an A, the A, A minus. The only thing is, is that like how... I think the flaws that we mentioned were earlier were, were those flaws where everything was sped up so quickly, even though it was yeah. well acted though. Yeah. So the acting compensated for this, for the timeline. Yeah. So the timeline was a little contrived um, near the beginning. And, they, and you also said, we don't really know how long, well, you know, we don't have to know how long the timeline is anyway for the whole duration of the movie. Yeah. Seems like but it's a couple of days or less than a week. Yeah, so there's some things, but the movie wasn't that long. I think it, um, if it got dragged on, there would have been a kind of a dragged on movie, and it wasn't. Well, that's what's crazy. It was. It's still a two hour movie, and maybe because the dialogue, oh, yeah, there was a lot good. of action, so it went by quick. I thought it was like an hour, a little over an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think it's right. I, I think it's right around the one twenty mark, if I'm not mistaken. Hundred and eighteen minutes. So yeah, I mean, super close. I mean, two minutes yeah, shy. Two hours. Yeah, two hours. Yeah, it just be like two hours, man. No, I mean, I guess because the dialogue's so good. I mean, even that ten minute scene with uh, with Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper, it doesn't feel like it's ten minutes because like every like second of that ten minutes is so good. I would say, yeah, I would give it an A minus if you said no, Nelly, you gotta. I really think it's an A for this reason, that reason. Then I'd be cool with an A too, but it's not an A plus. Yeah. But it's an A to an A minus. Yeah. And uh, really good, obviously. Yeah. And who knows if Quentin Tarantino directs it, how much, uh, 
how much better or different it ends up being. I mean, I know the biggest difference is uh, changing it from non-linear to linear and uh, i'm glad that they did because pulp fiction that that being you know where quentin tarantino kind of releases that style i guess a little bit in reservoir dogs like as well too but it needed to be him releasing that style not fucking tony scott yeah yeah although tony scott's good but yeah but yeah, great movie. And we're, we're going to brainstorm about the next one. I'm excited, though, uh, to keep uh, doing these breakdowns. And Nelson, you're the man. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. And, uh, well, then we'll see with our next one what type of locations I can get again. Yeah, definitely. And maybe we'll pick something based on like some cool locations or something that uh, yeah. that you've been around recently. Or, or that I can find easily around town. You know, there are so many locations around here. And go. you know what's funny is, is finding the locations that's like near my place. Like that movie theater I just walked. It's just a mile up the street from my place. Yeah, you said it was only what two thousand steps away. Yeah, I measured it on the phone. <laughs> so that's pretty cool, especially when you watch movies before I even you know I was even living here. And then now, then you recognize spots from this movie and that movie. Yeah. Well, what's strange about it though, it does take a, a, a little of the mystique away because you know it's almost like magic. So, oh, right. I, I wish I knew how they did that trick. And then you find out how they did the trick. It's cool, but this is like, well, now I know how they did it. But you want to know, though. Right. <laughs> it's like a catch-22. Yeah, definitely. Right? So so you see, so you watch a movie. Hey, I know that street. You know that, that famous play, Sunset Boulevard, or famous yeah. movie? Yeah. All right. So I read it. I read the script. And then they say, yeah, I'm driving down south on Bronson. Turn right on the Melrose Avenue into that the east side gate of Paramount Studios, she says, right? Uh huh. And then when you um, but when you read that script when you're two thousand miles away in another country, there's so much <laughs> mystique to all these um, addresses and places, right? Because it's all right. in, in your imagination. Yeah. When you literally it's just like, yeah, I know that street. I walked it yesterday when I was getting groceries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just normal. Yeah, and then I'll tell for people in the chat too, who's left. There's a uh, you watch a movie sometimes here. And then you may see the actor when you get out of it. Just yeah. on the street somewhere. It's like, hey, were you you're just in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it happened that, that happened to a friend of mine actually. He was renting a movie, actually. Bopping renting <laughs> on, on VHS back in the 90s. That's funny. He turned he turned by he turned by. He said, Hey, I just saw you talked to the guy. I just saw a movie, you got killed, and you're here. They're renting a movie too. <laughs> you're alive. <laughs> yeah, it is bizarre, man. But it's cool. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we'll wrap a bow on this thing. And uh, True Romance, what a movie for everyone who hasn't seen it. Go watch it and make make sure you go back and go follow us in podcast form. It's on SSBpod.com. So SSB like silver screen breakdowns. And uh, we're all over every podcast platform out there. And uh, we got I think there's about 10 or 12 episodes on there now. So go check it out. And then if you're listening to this in podcast form, go follow us on the Silver Screen Breakdowns YouTube channel. And yeah, then you can see all the video footage that we shot. Or And uh, yeah, we got the scenes that you in a bunch of these that you can actually watch with us versus just listening. So appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks with the next episode. See you guys. Thanks for coming out. Peace out. All right. Later. <laughs>